2: All right, here it is on a hump day. We're middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's always a good thing, and Friday's a great day for me because I will be off. It is a Friday, and it's payday. Gotta love those three things when they all coalesce and come together. So that's what's happened. Uh, a lot to talk about today, a lot of different things to uh, to cover. But first, let's cover something that is really, really important. And that is April 1st. This is not a it's not an April Fool's joke. All right. This is the real deal. On April 1st, 96.5 FM, the answer will cease to exist. Uh, it will no longer be on your Radio dial at 96.5 FM. The answer will be gone from there. We're moving up the dial with a better signal that to reach our listeners and fans who have been pleading with us up in the uh, Conway area, over in the Mill area, out in the uh, far western area of Little Rock, we will be moving to 101.1 FM. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there and you listening there because you're going to be able to hear us much, much better. It won't be all that shh in the signal and things of that nature. It won't be a lot of crackling and uh, the signal falling away. Uh, You'll be able to hear us loud and clear. And that means my show as well. Of course, we'll still be on Facebook com and be live every day Monday through Friday with the Dave Ellswick show at facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show you just look for it like the page you'll uh, you'll be part of the the show every day if you want now you can tune in you'll be able to see the people that I'm talking to and you, know, you can see my ugly mug and, and whatever but the big change that's coming is that we will no longer, on April 1, be 96.5 FM. We will be 101.1 FM. So, you know, if you want to kind of flip over and hear how much clearer that signal is, do so. Come on back real quick for the show. But the bottom line is probably not where you're going to want to stay at anyway with the programming that they're using at uh, that frequency at this time. Unless you like hip-hop. If you like hip-hop, you're going to like the music while you're just sitting there checking it out. Because that's what it is. It's a hip-hop station. I think called, is, that, is it the streets? Is that what it's called, Zach? Yeah, I think it's the streets. I think that's what they called it. So anyway, they will disappear a week uh, from Sunday. And we will appear a week from Sunday. But we will disappear from where you're listening to me right now at 96.5 doesn't mean that the answer is going away. We're still going to be a huge part of Central Arkansas. In fact, even a bigger part of Central Arkansas, because a a good portion of you uh, that have not been able to hear us are going to be able to hear us now uh, that we go to 101.1. I'm excited about it. Everybody here at The Answer is excited about it. Uh, You'll be seeing some commercials on MeTV about it. Uh, you'll see that commercial as well, right here on Facebook live. We'll be able to play it, uh, whenever we want to play during a break, drop it in there. You and I get to cut that tomorrow, just so you'll know, uh, Zach, we'll do it right here in the station. We're such a unique news talk station in that, uh, we, you know, carry the show live from two o'clock to six o'clock. We're in 4k We're high definition. Uh, We've got the, are we using this? Yeah, the camera right here was the one we're using right now. Uh, We got this camera right here. We have a camera that's up uh, to my right or my left, pardon me, against the wall. And then we have a camera to my left shoulder uh, here as well. So we got three cameras here in the studio. Allows us to carry in all of our guests whenever they're here. If you've been watching these, you know, uh, it's pretty doggone cool the way it does. And we've had a lot of viewers. I've been really uh, excited because we really haven't talked about this side of the broadcast. There's a couple things that we wanted to do, uh, and I wanted to see uh, integrated in, one of them being Skype. Uh, Skype is just around the corner. When we get that going, that means whenever I have guests from other places in the country, and in some cases around the world, uh, you'll be able to. Uh, see them just like you would see them on Fox news or whatever. And we can do split screen and all that stuff with you. So it's going to be, it's going to be very cool. When that real, when we really get this up and running the way we have wanted to, uh, it's going to be a very special thing. I'm excited about it. I've been working towards this with Kyle Reeves, friend of mine uh, and others now uh, in the Salem uh, market uh, places and in, with Salem as far as the communications group of, of getting us on uh, Facebook Live and getting these cameras in. And, and, you know, we could have done it before, like on my phone or whatever, but we wanted it to be right. We wanted a really professional uh, look, and that's what we have now. I, I was talking to a TV station today about a, 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 a spot we were going to do commercial. And we want to film it here in our studio and they told us, well, you know, we can't show it in 4k Dave, cause we're not 4k. So it says you'll still look really, really good because we can take, if you have really, really good, uh, video, we can mash it down and still let it look good. We just can't raise it up. If you come in with, you know, some kind of uh visual that wasn't good, we can't make it look better. So, You've got 4K, high definition, the whole nine. I mean, we're, I just say that, Zach, so that you'll know we got better equipment than most of the TV stations here. Kind of cool, huh? Kind of cool. Radio station out doing TV stations. I like that a lot. Uh, 13 minutes after two, uh, let me just tell you some of the things we'll cover today. Uh, here in the first hour, we're going to talk about the FBI director, uh, You know, Ray. Uh, he talks about, the firing of, uh, assistant director McCabe. And, you know, the president has been taking a lot of grief and sessions has been taking a lot of the grief about how that went down. Ray talks about that and says, everything was done by the book, the way it was supposed to be done. And he, you know, they're the ones uh, that pulled the trigger on him. Then we're going to talk about, uh, Sean Hannity. He had an interesting segment on his show last night, uh, dealing about uh, Mueller. You know, everybody's got this uh, visual of Mueller that uh, he's like uh, ivory soap. He's 99% pure. And I'm just telling you, I've known for a long time that's not true. If you do any searching of his history, uh, he's got a lot of blemishes in the past. Sean gets into that, and we're going to play that segment for you. Uh, Johnson, the former Homeland Security. Uh, He was in front of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee and Feinstein was just giving him all kinds of what for about, well, well, why didn't you tell us about this Russian stuff? Why weren't you telling us about this? And he said, look, back in December, I told you about it, but you weren't paying any attention and neither were the networks. What were they paying attention to? When I play this piece of audio, you'll want to listen to it closely you know what they thought was important? Not Russian collusion or anything like that. The Access Hollywood tape. All right. We're, uh, President Trump and who was it? That Bush, Bush guy that was on, uh, I don't know, he was on one of the, I don't know, one of those uh, rag shows. Uh, basically, uh, they were talking about fame and, stardom and what women would let you do to them and all of that kind of stuff. You well, know, they were more interested in that than they were about the, the, the Russian story. And, uh, and Johnson kind of calls Feinstein out about it. So he says, I, I did mention it, but you all weren't, you know, worrying about talking about it then that wasn't something you wanted to talk about. Uh, Joe and duck will be in at four o'clock. You got a car question. That's the time to call eight, two, three, Oh, nine, six, five to talk to Joe and duck. And then in the final hour, Jerry Cox is going to be here. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of stories and I'm sure we'll, we'll get over on other things. But, um, uh, during the special session, uh, they looked at jury trials and we want to talk about that because that was a story that wasn't covered real closely. And, I want to go back with Jerry and tell you why it was so important they got that changed. Plus, uh, I don't have the story right in front of me at this time. I got to go get it. There was a poll taken, and most liberals, Democrats, I don't know, whatever you want to call them, secularists, whatever name you want to give them, said that hunting, going out and hunting for enjoyment, was morally reprehensible, about uh, 79%, 79 it was in the high 70s. But when they were asked about abortion and was it morally reprehensible, only 32% thought abortion was morally reprehensible. So the killing of an animal, it's terrible. Terrible you do that. But the killing of a baby, unborn baby, Most innocent thing, probably, on the face of the earth? Careless. I've always talked about the left. That's why I always say, call yourself a Christ follower. And a Democrat, you better check out what you really believe in. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, taking a uh, real quick look at uh, Gone with the Wind and how the ticket sales are going. Um, In the first theater... We're basically sold out, all right? Uh, you can you can see here, I can show this. The, the ones that are all red, those are sold out seats. So those are all taken care of. So we got other theaters available. Uh, this is the 715, and you can see it's close to being sold out. So before it's all over, and by the way, if you hear me say you can see, it's because we're on Facebook Live. So you can be watching the show as well. So you can see it. So we we've got other theaters already filling up along uh, with this. I think we might do six theaters before it's all said and done. I mean, we've got what three weeks yet for this movie. And typically, typically you get uh, fairly close to the movie and it, uh, it really picks up, you know, selling so that uh, that's, That's where we're at right now. All right, before we get to the bottom of the hour, I want to play this uh, interview that happened on NBC with the FBI director, Ray, talking about McCabe's firing. And uh, the question that led into this is, what happened? How did this happen? Is kind of the question, because I cut the correspondent out at the very beginning, but that's the question that he asked. Here is what the FBI director had to say.
3: I'm committed to doing things objectively and independently and by the book, and I think that has to extend not just to our investigations, our intelligence analysis, but it also has to extend to personnel decisions and disciplinary decisions.
0: Some people have commented, though, on the fact that it happened, what, 26 hours before he was to retire. Well, again, I, I want to be careful about what
3: I can say about the process, but I will tell you that my commitment to making sure that our process is followed that it relies on objective input and that most importantly, it is not based on political or partisan influence is something I am utterly
2: unyielding on. There you go. That's pretty clear. You know, I can't tell you exactly what the process is, but politics are a side in this. And, uh, if you listen to what uh, Ray said, you know, I, I basically, uh, give myself uh, high fives about that kind of stuff because I'm really adamant about it. It's one of the, the things that I'm very, very, very uh, cognizant of and uh, make sure that we uh, don't get out of the parameters of doing something or uh, getting um, you know, into the parameters and changing the parameters and all the rest. We have a way of doing this. You can see what we've done and uh, know that you know, politics and things like that, uh, did not play, uh, in, uh, that particular, uh, decision. And so, you know, the whole thing, see, I find it interesting about, but it was only 26 hours before, you know, uh, this guy was going to retire. So what, what's the big deal about that? What what's the big deal about it? This guy should have known that he was going to be fired, and that if he got fired, uh, he wasn't going to get all those bennies that he's supposed to get when he fired. They were going to take away his pension and things of that nature. Did that not cross his mind when he was breaking the law and he was giving information out that he wasn't supposed to be giving out? Look, Look, McCabe is not the victim here. The American people are the victims in this. We have rogue people in the FBI that are doing as they see fit and not with the, uh, the best intentions of the uh, American people by the laws of the FBI. If you followed this story at a little bit, just a little bit, uh, you know, how these people have been bending the law, you know, covering up stuff, going after people, uh, hounding other people, letting other people walk scot-free, <coughs> Hillary Clinton, and uh, a lot of the other people that have been involved uh, in in investigations that they've been doing. They all should be fired that have been involved in this and have not uh, made it. Abundantly clear uh, to these uh, Senate committees they've been sitting in front of and in front of the American people and telling them uh, that these people have been doing wrong. I mean, Comey is being treated as though he's some kind of hero. This is a guy that allowed an underling to go in and and change that speech that he gave about, you know, yeah, Hillary Clinton really screwed it up. Yeah. She did this wrong. And she did that wrong. And she made it possible for, you know, bad actors in other countries to get information that, uh, you know, was top secret, uh, blah, 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 blah. but Hey, no harm, no foul. All right. If it had been you or I, we would have cooled our heels in jail. You know it, and I know it. The only people who didn't know it and were subverting that were these members of the FBI. And there's going to have to be another prosecutor involved, and he's going to have to, to take out uh, you know, justice on those people for us. Hope that starts sooner than later. Nobody is above the law. Nobody is above the law. All right, Todd Starnes, then I'll be back. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, if, you, if you're wanting to uh, watch the show, you can do so uh, by going to facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you can watch us on Facebook Live. We'll be, uh, be here all afternoon. Also wanted to let you know that uh, we're making a move, and that's coming up on the, uh, April one. And no, this is, I, I always keep repeating this. This is not an April fool's day joke. All right. Uh, it, it, this is really going to happen. And, uh, what is going to happen is simply we are moving from 96, five FM over to one oh one point one FM. Uh, the answer stays the same. We just end up on a different frequency and the frequency that we are going to. And part of me, if you're watching this and you go, you know, man, Dave wiping his nose, to my allergies, for whatever reason, I guess we, we, we hit critical mass sometime yesterday. Uh, they're really kicking in They're they're bad. I'm going to uh, go get my, um, allergy medicine, uh, re uh, and pick it up on the way home because, uh, Man, it's, I got, I got a sore throat from it and the whole nine yards and my, uh, sinuses are all hurting me and it's, it's crazy. This always happens. I, I thought I was going to maybe get by this before it really kicked in because, the uh, the Bradford pear trees, when they all, uh, bloom out the first of the, of uh, the spring, typically it hits me like a ton of bricks. Bradford Parish tended to really, uh, get at me and get at me bad, but I, you know, they've been blooming now for what? Three weeks, you know, got past them. Uh, they're starting to turn green now. Uh, but not so much. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to suffer some evidently like I always do. Uh, so just, if you would, you know, grant me a little bit of grace, got to, I got to wipe my nose at times. I'll be cutting my mic at times when I got to cough or sneeze or whatever. Uh, but uh, I know there's a lot of you that this happens to you just as much as it happens to me. Some of you even worse than what it happens uh, to me, and I, and I'm sorry that it happens to you. Okay, I know how big of a of a pain in the patoot it is, and it it definitely is that uh, for me as well. I just wanted to kind of give you an update. About why you're seeing me grab my towel. See, I don't have a tissue. I have a towel. <laughs> that should tell you something. All right. So let's go back. What we were talking about the FBI director Ray talking about this firing of uh, McCabe. Uh, the McCabe uh, firing came, as you heard the correspondent say, it was only 26 hours uh, before he uh, retired. So. What's the difference? If if they fired him two weeks ago, would that have made you feel better? Is that what would have done it for you? Would that made you, make you feel better? Do you think that would have made McCabe feel better because they fired him a couple of weeks ago instead of right now? You know, maybe they didn't fire him because they wanted him to think that, oh, they're going to let me get out of this with my, uh, you know, my, my, my pension. And this is their way of saying, don't think so, you know. I know that's not the reason they did it. They were following protocol. Is what they, that's what Ray was trying to say. Here, listen to what the director says again about all of this, about the the lead up uh, to the firing of the assistant director of the FBI, McCabe.
3: I'm committed to doing things objectively and independently and by the book, and I think that has to extend not just to our investigations, our intelligence analysis, but it also has to extend to personnel decisions and disciplinary decisions.
0: Some people have commented, though, on the fact that it happened, what, 26 hours before he was to retire.
3: Well, again, I want to be careful about what I can say about the process, but I will tell you that my commitment to making sure that our process is followed that it relies on objective input and that most importantly, it is not based on political or partisan influence is something I am utterly unyielding on.
2: Okay. So there you go. I mean, we followed the protocol. We followed the way we were supposed to do this. And by the way, you heard there was a edit in that first part of the answer, uh, by Ray, that wasn't us. That was NBC. I have no idea what he was saying there no idea whatsoever. That was an edit from NBC, as far as that was concerned. So again, I I don't think, well, yeah, I know why there's such a big brouhaha about this. They're taking and making McCabe the victim here, instead of saying, hey, look, look what this guy did. You know, he should, you know, maybe he should be going to jail instead of just being fired but we're just firing him and yeah, he's going to lose his pension Poor baby, you know, or, well, you, you did it so close to when he was going to retire. Well, you know, if you get fired, it don't matter if you're fired three years before your pension gets involved or three minutes before your pension comes up, you're being fired period. You had it coming, you get fired. Just got to move on. And live, I think if you talk to McCabe, now he's not going to agree that he should have been fired. He doesn't think he did anything wrong by uh, sharing information outside uh, of what he should have done. But bottom line is, uh, if he did agree with that, he would have said it didn't matter when they made the, they pulled the cord on him. Uh, he had it coming. All right, it's Dave Ellswick's show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Remember, April 1st will be... 101.1 FM, the answer. We're going to be on a new frequency so that uh, you can hear us better. For instance, Western Maumel. Uh You'll be able to hear us in Western Little Rock better. You'll be able to hear us in Conway really good, up in Greenbrier, out to Moralton. You're going to be able to listen uh, to 101.1, the answer, and be able to hear all the information uh, that we share with people on a day, uh, today basis. We're uh, getting close to the top of the hour. We're going to get a break in here. I'm going to go back and see if I can get my computer to work in my office. I'm trying to print up a couple of stories and for whatever reason, I can't get it to do it. So I restarted my computer, Zach rebooted it. See, maybe if it'll work now. So while you listen to us, uh, you know, make some, uh, greedy capitalist money. I will be back, uh, after I've checked my computer. So Dave Ellswick show 96, five FM, the answer. All right. In another story that has gotten a lot of press attention here, uh, in the last, uh, week has been, uh, background information, uh, dealing with Mueller. Uh, the, uh, investigator who's doing the investigation of, uh, Trump and anybody else that has anything to do with, uh, you know, Russian collusion and, uh, what did the Russians do and when did they do it? And when did they, when did we know they did it? And then why did you help them and all of that? I mean, it just goes on and on and on about, uh, all that. So, uh, I want to play a piece that Hannity did yesterday, which I thought was very well done by him, dealing with background on Mueller and things that you probably uh, have never been aware of about this guy because he's been presented. Remember when they they said that they were going to use him and, you know, he was uh, Mr. Squeaky Clean Ivory Soap, you know, 99.9% pure uh, and maybe even better. And they talked about how great he was doing, you know, he would do with this uh, investigation. And uh, he's done what a lot of special counsels has done, comes in, uh, supposed to look at things that deal with this or that, and instead ends up looking way, casting the net way beyond what it is that they're looking uh, looking at. And by the way, real quick, See that guy right there? That that's Zach. Okay. See, so they didn't see him. You did that on purpose so they couldn't see you. But anyway, that's uh, what was what's what's going on. But anyway, what I want to do is I want to play Hannity for you, and I, and this is about a three and a half minute clip, I believe. I want to play this. I want you to listen closely and let you know that Mueller is not, you know, the Ivory Soap baby. You know about the Ivory Soap baby, right? Yeah. She went on to become a porn star. You remember that? She went on to to, uh, um, be in two of the biggest money-making porn movies of all time, Behind the Green Door and The Story of a Flea. She's in both of those, The Mitchell Brothers out of San Francisco. So just because people say you're 99.9% pure does not necessarily mean you are
1: Well, we've been doing some digging, and we found some things you need to know about. And tonight we're going to tell you who Robert Mueller really is. There's a brand new report from investigative reporter Sarah Carter. Robert Mueller's career has been anything but impeccable. One of the worst stains on his record comes from his time in Boston, where he served as assistant U.S. attorney and acting U.S. attorney in the 80s. During this time, notorious Boston mob boss Whitey Bulger, he was actively engaged by the FBI as an informant the relationship between bulger and the bureau was wrought with nothing but corruption and criminal collusion this might explain why he's best friends with andrew weissman now bulger's fbi handler a guy by the name of john Connolly, actively covered up for many of the horrific crimes that were committed by bulger and his associates including one instance where four men were wrongfully framed and convicted and in prison for decades, all for a murder. It turns out they did not convict. Sounds like Andrew Weissman's record. The men were ultimately exonerated. A judge awarded $101 million in damages, but not before two of the men actually died in prison. Robert Mueller was the US attorney in charge while these men were rotting in prison, while certain agents in the FBI under Mueller covered up the truth. Oh, let's see. Andrew Weissman was was excoriated by two judges for withholding exculpatory evidence. So what did Robert Mueller know about all of this? When did he know about all of this? Now, these are questions and issues I'm sure you have not heard from your friends in the liberal media. Some members of Congress, the media, they're praising Mueller, the pillar of honesty, the pillar of virtue. They've never investigated him. They're actually just lying. It's their talking point. All the information we're telling you about is right there, right in front of the liberal mainstream media in their faces, but they purposely ignore it because their destroy Trump agenda, that goes above all else. And the reason why is because they want Mueller to carry out the witch hunt, even if there is no evidence of collusion. And now that we know more about Robert Mueller and his past, his current moves now make a lot of sense. Mueller didn't point a point in this particular case. What did he appoint? A merry band of huge Democratic donors. He didn't do it by accident. And appointing Andrew Weissman to be, quote, his pit bull, according to The New York Times, that wasn't a mistake either. Weissman's the type of prosecutor that Mueller wants to try and bring down President Trump with. Weissman has withheld exculpatory evidence in multiple cases. He put the accounting firm, Arthur Anderson, out of business, tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. That obstruction of justice case was later overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, how often do we hear about nine zero unanimous rulings? That's what happened. Now, Weissman also robbed four Merrill Lynch executives of their liberty. He sent them to jail for a year. That conviction was overturned by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And if you're surprised by any of this, you should not be. Robert Mueller has an agenda. He's carrying out a witch hunt. This is par for the course. All
2: right. So all of you who are watching uh, heard all that. You who are listening heard all that. Uh, Not such, uh, you know ivory snow kind of guy is he not at all he is not 99.9 percent uh clean he's not even 70 percent clean i mean if you know anything about whitey bulger in boston bad bad dude i mean a bad bad dude uh he was the basis uh for the villain in um what was that movie that uh, Johnny Depp was in? I'm trying to think of it right Black now. Black Mass? That's it. It was Black Mass. And then he was also uh, the person that was used uh, for the uh, character in The Departed that I think Jack Nicholson played, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean, in the East, on the East Coast, in the, the Boston area, this guy, everybody knows who he was. And uh, I mean... It's like if you're in Chicago and you say Al Capone, and everybody knows. You say Whitey Bulger, and everybody in Boston knows who you're talking about. Or you, you know, you say, you know, uh, uh Murder Incorporated in New York, they know you're talking about, you know, all of the guys uh, back in the, I guess the uh, the twenties that uh, were killing people and Dutch Schultz and all the rest of them and uh, the big criminal, the big. Uh, Uh, the mafiosa and things of that nature. You you know who all those people are because they were just bad, bad dudes. Just so, uh, you know. And uh, he was playing loose and and fast uh, with the people who were involved in a lot of bad misdeeds and uh, letting them get get by, uh, some of these informants to get by Uh, really bad behavior, uh, in some cases, uh, assassinations and killings that they had done, uh, so that they could try to get Bulger. So, and Bulger kept from being caught a long time, for a long, long time. So, just know that, uh, you know, and, and, and Mueller, and they didn't get into this, and Hannity didn't get into it, but Mueller's been involved in other things like this, where he goes in to start on something very narrow and before it's all over with it's stretched out and it's all over the place and uh looking at things that he he never even knew uh was important now i'm gonna i'm gonna come back do we have time to get this uh, johnson cut in from home homeland security we got enough time to get it we don't okay so you don't have to wait on this when we come back you know talking about the the Russian uh, uh, meddling in our election and all of that, Uh, Johnson, the former Homeland uh, Secretary, was in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee and was being grilled by Feinstein. And she wanted to know why they didn't report on the Russian uh, meddling and all of that early on. And I don't know where she was trying to take it. Uh, but if it, if it was to damage Trump, it sure didn't. It ended up damaging uh, Homeland Security and damaging the senators uh, that weren't paying any attention to this because they were paying attention to a salacious news story that was going on at that time. We'll talk about what that story was. We'll talk about the, the why they didn't do the Russian meddling story. It wasn't that they didn't do it. They, they told them. They just didn't pay any attention to it because they had other stories that was much more sexy for them uh, to be talking about. All right. We got to get a break in. Fox News is coming up. Dave Elswick show 96.5 FM. The answer. All right. Back for the second hour. Dave Elswick show. How are you doing? If you're uh, on Facebook live. Hello. Glad you're with us today. If you want to be part of the uh, Facebook live broadcast, all you have to do go to facebook.com slash Dave Hellsbook show. And, uh, you can watch what's going on four o'clock, uh, duck and uh, Joe are going to be here to answer car questions with you at uh, five o'clock. Uh, Jerry Cox will be here, uh, from uh, family research. They'll join us. And, uh, we'll be talking about, uh, the whole thing about how you, uh, can give up your right to a trial, uh, and I didn't really understand it, uh, during the, uh, special, uh, uh, session, but, uh, Jerry's going to come on and explain it. And after I heard the explanation made all the sense in the world about why that should have been, uh, on the special session and, uh, taking care of, uh, ASAP. So, well, that's coming up at the five o'clock hour. So you'll want to be here for, uh, for that. All right, so. You've been listening on the news. Well, before I get to this story, let me finish up on the story I told you I would play for you. Johnson, the former Homeland Secretary, was in for, uh, in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and Diane Feinstein was grilling him and asking why uh, they weren't telling the Intelligence Committee about, you know, Russian meddling, collusion, all that whole stuff about the Russians, and. This is directly out of that Intelligence Committee meeting. Take a listen to this.
4: Senator Rubio hit the nail on the head. And I'll tell you what surprises me. First of all, Secretary Johnson, it's great to have you back again. I enjoyed working with you, and um, so welcome. Uh, Let me ask you this first question. I don't understand. You learned about this in August. You did a number of specific things. You spoke about the dates that you did these things. And yet the American people were never told why.
5: Well, Senator, the American people were told uh,
4: not sufficiently in any way, shape or form to know that there was a major active measure going on, perhaps by a foreign power
5: on October 7th. 2016, the Director of National Intelligence and I issued a pretty blunt statement saying that the Russian government was interfering in our political process directed by the highest levels of the Russian government. That was a pretty blunt statement. Some people believe we should have done that sooner. And frankly, it did not get the attention that I thought it should have received. It was below the fold news the next day because of the release of the Access Hollywood video the same day and a number of other events. I was expecting follow-up from a lot of journalists, and we never got that because everyone was focused on the campaign and that video and the debate that Sunday.
2: All right. You want to hear that again? You want to hear what Diane Feinstein said again and then uh, listen to what Johnson had said? Here, check it out. Here we go.
4: Senator Rubio hit the nail on the head. And I'll tell you what surprises me. First of all, Secretary Johnson, it's great to have you back again. I enjoyed working with you. and She's so um,
2: nice before she so the knife in.
4: Uh, let me ask you this first question. I don't understand. You learned about this in August. You did a number of specific things. You spoke about the dates that you did these things. And yet, the American people were never told Why?
5: Well, Senator, the American people were told... uh,
4: Not sufficiently in any way, shape, or form to know that there was a major active measure going on, perhaps by a foreign power.
5: On October 7th, 2016, the Director of National Intelligence and I issued a pretty blunt statement saying that the Russian government was interfering in our political process Directed by the highest levels of the Russian government. That was a pretty blunt statement Some people believe we should have done that sooner and frankly It did not get the attention that I thought it should have received. It was below the full news the next day Because of the release of the access Hollywood video the same day and a number of other events I was expecting follow-up from a lot of journalists, and we never got that because everyone was focused on the campaign and that video and the debate that Sunday.
2: All right, so there you have it. He was uh, telling them. He told them. They didn't pay attention, and the media wasn't paying any attention. Why? They wanted to know about groping women uh, at uh, that Access Hollywood tape. They wanted to play that. And that's what they were playing, and then you had the debate coming up. See, that led into the debate really well. It's it's typical news that 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 salacious stuff draws people in like you know flies to you know a, a fresh new pile. I'm just telling you exactly what happens, and that's what happened to them. I'm surprised Feinstein didn't come out and back and say. Well, then why didn't you say it again and again and again and again and again until people paid attention? Well, we could be saying the same thing about you, Feinstein, about some of the things you've been up to. Anyway, I just thought that that was uh, a little kind of inside uh, view of, you know, what was going on and what your media a lot of times is up to. Hey, we had this really big story and nobody was paying attention to the big story. Everybody wanted to look at the salacious story or that story didn't play. But, uh, you know, there was a, a train wreck that killed, you know, four people. And we got, a, we got pictures of cars all crumpled up. that got hit. I can tell you that leads first. That's what's going to lead first. Catches everybody's attention. People want to see it. If you don't believe that, just, just drive down 67 167 and uh, see what happens in the northbound lane when there's a big accident in the southbound lanes. You would think that it happened in no- northbound lanes because traffic is stopped because everybody's rubbernecking to see what's going on. Because people want to see wrecks, man. People want to see that stuff. All right, another story that's out, and I've been aware of this, I've, I've been talking about this. And the media has not, they, you know, they've been talking about how excited the Democrat party is about the midterm elections. You know, we hear it all the time. Oh, all kinds of excitement on the left. They're all fired up. Well, if that's the case, then they're not putting their, their money where their mouth is. And if you have people really fired up, they put their money where their mouth is. Nine months before critical midterms where Democrats are defending a. All right, we continue here on the uh, Dave Ellswick show. told you I would uh, get to this story about this college and all women's school is asking their professors to avoid calling students women or otherwise referring to the two genders the uh, Supporting Trans and Non-Binary Students Guide was uh, created by officials at the college, which touts its legacy as an all-women's college in an effort to promote a gender-neutral classroom environment. Said uh, Mount holyoke uh, Student Body uh, Booklet, about uh, their 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 school, when uh, discussing the student body, says Mount Hollybrook, rather than Mount Holyoke women, it instructs professors afford avoid making statements like, "We're all women here," or referring to the two genders. The guide claims that many students spend the first day of class braced against various types of disrespect, such as professors who mispronounce their names, call them by the wrong name entirely, misgender them, and so on. To avoid accidentally insulting students, the guide instructs faculty members to avoid calling names for attendance. And instead, invite students to introduce themselves during class. Establishing mutual trust is crucial for professors to accomplish as soon as possible, preferably during the first day of class. That's according to the guide. It explained, stating that students who are worried about not being treated with respect can't concentrate on what we're saying. The college also released a companion guide on intersectionality in the classroom, which encourages professors to take an intersectional approach in the classroom by, quote, becoming aware of the multiple forms of oppression and privilege each individual faces and how they interact with one another. For example, two transgender students from different class or racial backgrounds are going to have different perspectives and life experiences, even though they have one identity in common. I'm not making this up. I'm reading directly from the guide. Another new guide put out by the Massachusetts College on Inclusive Teaching Warns professors that their classrooms are never neutral spaces and are marked by the same inequalities, exclusion, and power struggles that exist elsewhere in the world. Got to come back and talk more about this. This is the insanity that your kids are being taught in college. All right, we continue on. Let's go back to this story that I started in the last half hour. If you just joined us, Mount uh, Holyoke College. Uh, has put out a new guide at their their college, which is an all-woman school, asking professors to avoid calling the students women. In other words, they identify themselves as an all woman's college, but the teachers can't call them women or otherwise refer to the two genders in any way, shape, or form. Can't say male. Can't say female. Can't say boy. Can't say girl, etc. Can't say woman. Can't say man. Uh, you, you, you can't, you got to support the trans and non-binary students out there. They have three different guides that they just put out at this college. First one, supporting trans and non-binary students. It was created by officials at the college, which touts its legacy as an all women's college in an effort to promote a gender neutral classroom environment. The second one, intersectionality, not SEC, not, not S-E-X, SEC, intersectionality in the classroom which encourages professors to take an, quote, intersectional approach, unquote, in the classroom by becoming aware of the multiple forms of oppression and privilege each individual faces and how they interact with one another. For example, two transgender students from different class or racial backgrounds are going to have different perspectives and life experiences, even though they have one identity in, in common, common. So just because they're both, uh, I don't know, Jewish, lesbian, uh, transsexuals, uh, both of them, it doesn't mean they'll have the same views on things because one may come from an urban area and one comes from a rural area. The other new guide, the third one, is Inclusive Teaching, which uh, is written in this. It warns professors that their classrooms are never neutral spaces and are marked by the same inequalities, exclusion, and power struggles that exist elsewhere in the world. Quote, the point is, is not to claim a privileged space for the classroom that is somehow exempt from those dynamics, but to work to eliminate them where we can, confront them honestly when we cannot, and find ways to listen and include all our students in equitable, just ways, it concludes. Notice that nowhere in any of these guides Uh, whether it's just about the college or whether it is about teachers themselves, uh, none of them talks about making sure the students learn what they're taught in their classrooms. All three guides were created by the Mount Holyoke College Teaching and Learning Initiative. Seems to me there was no teaching or learning in that other than you better shut your mouth And don't rock the boat. Which strives to serve as a resource for professors to become better teachers. I guess to deny that biology teaches that a lady a person who has a vagina is a woman and all my students that are in my classrooms have that to anatomy. Uh, I I shouldn't call them that. I should just lie to them and pretend like they're not women is going to be a way of teaching them. Well, it may be teaching them something, but it's sure a long way from teaching them about the truth. Really kind of interesting uh, in that in and of itself. I mean, that just They've gone so far off the deep end, I'm surprised they haven't all drowned yet, to be honest with you. Seriously, I bet you 99.9999% of people who are watching this on Facebook right now or listening to my show would be able to identify if there is a boy or a girl standing in front of them. All things considered equal here you know you can't you can't you know use tape to to mask your genitalia and things of that nature and it just our our country is and in the world in general is insane now really is it's 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 insane insane you know this whole you know, a belief system that whatever you think is your own reality has gone way, way too far. If you think that, you know, you're something that you're not, well, you're still it because even though you can't be what you say you are, in your mind, you can say you whatever you you are. I I, I always leave people, in, as they move away from the story, leave this this question in mind. If your friend came up to you, a guy that you've known for years, I mean, you went to high school with each other, maybe college, uh, you played golf on the weekends or whatever, and uh, you you've just got done playing 18, you're at the 19th hole, you're having an adult beverage, And your buddy looks across at you and says, you know what? You know, I've been battling this for a long time. But I think in all reality, Zach, I'm a girl. I I identify that I'm a girl. Now, society now says that you should basically throw your arm across their shoulders as A good friend and say, you know, Dave, I hear what you're saying. And uh, if you think you're a girl, then doggone it, you're a girl. And you accept them uh, for where they're at. You just say, that's your normal. Okay, so let's change this up just a little bit. You've known this person all your life high school, college, uh, you've lived in the same town for years. You've been good friends for years. You just got done playing 18 holes. You're at the 19th hole. You're having an adult beverage. And during a lull in the conversation, Zach, I, I look at you and you go, you know, Zach, got to tell you, I think I'm a gorilla. Now I'm going to guarantee you that the person who heard that just because of how society is now would accept them saying that they're a girl because of the pressure of the culture around them. They probably don't believe they're a girl, uh, in any way, shape or form. And, you know, they're not going to give them any kind of, uh, of a test, uh, to make sure, but they won't say anything against it because if you do, you're painted as some kind of, a bigot. Who are you to tell them that they're not a girl? Well, who am I then to tell them that they're mentally ill because they think they're a gorilla? or they think that they're, uh, you know, uh, a salmon or whatever they think that they are. I mean, if you're going to believe this crazy crap, then you got to carry it out to it's, uh, you know, logical conclusion. So what you are saying, if you sit on the side and say that a boy can think he's a girl, a girl can think he's, she's a boy and should be treated as a boy, and the boys should be treated as a girl, and they should be able to shower with the opposite sex, they should be able to compete against the opposite sex, yada, 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 uh, then you basically have got to say you've got to check in your logic and check in everything you've been taught and say whatever anybody says they are, they are you don't have the right to tell them that they're not. They are just because they believe they are. That is the long and short of this whole discussion. That's it, period. If you're willing to accept a boy saying he's a girl, then, uh, I don't know, maybe you should send a kid to the kennel who says that he thinks he's a dog. And instead of being in school, he should be at the kennel running around with the dogs and learning, you know, how to use their teeth to get the fleas off of them. It just, it's insane. It is insane because people think that their everything is relative. Everybody's opinion is true. And whatever you say is what goes. And the bottom line is, no, it doesn't. I I have to tell you, thank goodness. I, I think that it's a minority that believes this way, but because of the press, and you guys should be ashamed of yourselves, and the newspapers, and uh, even people in my own profession of being here on the radio and talking about things, you've been out there accepting this stuff and and churches accept it now and and uh it's just insane. You accept insanity and make it sane. How crazy is that? I mean seriously, what 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 how crazy is it? We have all gone crazy but we're afraid to say so and we say whatever we say make is still sane. There's truth, and then there is untruth, period. All right, we've got 13 minutes, still four. Let me get a final break in. I see Joe has arrived. Duck will be coming here any moment ago. Now, I can tell you, I can put Joe on my show right now, and if I brought a boy and a girl in here, he could tell me exactly who the boy and the girl was. And if the girl said she really was a boy in her mind, he'd look at her and say, you're crazy. He'd say the same thing to the boy who thought he was a girl. Just saying, I think Zach would do the same. Wouldn't you do the same thing, Zach?
6: I'll just be silent. You're
2: no, no way. to say, no, I'm not going to let you get off that way. You know, are, do we treat people as though they are whatever they say they are, or do we treat them as what they are? What they are. Thank you very much. Rest my case. All right. It's like that one. What was that? What was that lady's name up in Washington? Washington is. Washington state white as the, as the, you know, midday snow and said that she was black. You know, if I'm a black person, I take exception to that. No, you're not. You're not black. You're white. You know, you can have the Michael Jackson dance moves down, but that don't make you black. All right. A break. More coming back here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, so let me uh, go over some things that if you joined us, you missed me talking about. Starting April 1st, we will no longer be 96.5 FM, the answer. We will begin being 101.1, the answer. We're moving up your radio dial from 96.5 FM to 101.1 FM. And the reason that we're making this move is that more of uh, our central Arkansas area will be able to hear us on 101.1 that could hear us on 96.5. Now to give you an example, West Mell, West Little Rock, Conway, Greenbrier, uh, Valonia, I do believe as well, are going to hear us clearly now, where it's been somewhat spotty at times, uh, especially out in the Conway area. Well, according to all of the mapping that we have seen, as far as what our footprint, that's what we call where you can hear uh, the station and how well you can hear it in different areas, our footprint shows us all the way out to Moralton. In a way that you can hear us just by turning your radio on, and you'd get us immediately. You wouldn't have to really search for us. We just pop up nice and strong. So our antenna is uh, with one hundred one point one. Will be uh, on the Antenna Mountain out there on Channel, and we will be six hundred fifty feet above sea level it's just well above all the buildings and hills around here. And for the most part, and will cover uh, the greater area than what 96.5 FM did. So you'll be able to hear us better all over central Arkansas. That's what we've been shooting for all along. And uh, Salem has been adamant about staying in this area of central arkansas and they wanted to get a signal that everybody could receive and so they they paid 1.1 million dollars for this other signal we get on that now the fcc says okay you can do it but you have to do it this day you can't do it after this day you got to do it this day so we'll be uh, on uh, one oh one point one FM beginning April one. Now we could have simulcast, but there are some people who didn't want to do that. All right. I'll let you guess who that might've been, but, uh, and it wasn't us. So just so you'll know, one oh one point one FM beginning, uh, Easter Sunday. That's uh, a week from this Sunday, uh, you know, we'll be making that switch. So when you go to 96.5 FM on, uh, let's say April 2nd, you're driving into work and you want to hear Paul Harrell. And all of a sudden, Paul Harrell's not at 96.5. No, because that's not where the answer is. Just flip over to 101.1 and there will be in all of our glorious new sound and we'll be talking to you. So you'll be able to hear us and you go, Wow, I drove all the way through Conway, and I could hear it clear as a bell. That's the point. Just so you know, that's the point. All right, coming up uh, here after Fox, uh, we're going to be uh, talking with uh, Joe. He's already sitting here in the studio, just sitting and being nice and quiet. And then uh, Duck is going to be here as well. He just arrived. He's coming on over and going to be sitting down here in the studio And the guys are ready to answer your car questions at 823-0965. That's 823-0965 so that you can call in and uh, ask your questions. Anything you want to ask about a car or pickup truck, a gas burner, uh, a diesel car, car, pickup truck, or 18-wheeler, in fact. Take all of those things and let you get involved and ask your questions. and see what they have. We got, a, we got a prize to give away today, guys? Okay. Talking to Mike. What yes, is it? Yes, we do have. We got a vacuum cleaner to give away today. Okay, with the five-gallon bu- bucket and all that? Yeah, with the five-gallon bucket and everything. All right, we're going to have that. We'll give all that away when we come back. But uh, let's get to Fox News, find out what's happening uh, here in the country and around the world. So Fox news is coming up next. All right, back. We come here at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday pump day, middle of the week day. Thank goodness. Over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And that's a good thing, especially this Friday for me. Well, kind of, I got a doctor's appointment that is going to keep me from uh, the show on Friday that's not a good thing but you know it's it's happening and, uh, and take care of it. it's payday all right that's well, always a good Friday.
7: nothing like being off on your payday yeah yeah hopefully
2: i'm <laughs> hopefully i'm awake when i get home and not on some kind of pills or yeah. something all doped up but anyway yeah that i'm looking uh Friday is just around the corner, and I'm all happy about that beautiful day today. Mm -hmm. It's finally Mm warmed back up outside. Now, now I'll tell you how good it was today. I got up this morning, and my grandson, who's living with me, got Mm -hmm. up. And he was in the living room, and uh, the sunlight is just pouring in to the the, uh, front windows. And he gets over, and he stands in the sunshine, and like Snoopy in a peanuts cartoon he just starts dancing around <laughs> he, he is just happy as a clam with that sunshine he loved that sunshine it made say me that i blame him it just made me smile watching yep. him yeah something that simple him just having a great time dancing in the sunshine
7: enjoying life Enjoy,
2: yep. yeah enjoying life he don't have a care in the world no. man no That's we don't got all the cares yeah he's he's just having a good time he knows if he wants something to eat whatever granddad take care of it. just let me know what I need, you know, yep. take care of it. We but always yeah, do. Was, but so, so much fun to see your grandkids. Oh, yeah. It was fun to see my kids do it, but there's something special about grandchildren. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but there's something special about your grandkids. I guess it's because you live long enough to see. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I feel about it. But yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, Eli is—he's getting older there, Joe. He's—he's going to be. He was 13 months old on Saturday.
8: Yeah, mine. She just turned huh? 15 months a uh, 15 years old. My granddaughter. No, she's. Yeah. I don't have a but one.
2: But she's good, man. Oh, I've met
8: her before. Yes, I don't have. She's in uh, Orange Beach this week on vacation. No, how tough that is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah guess who's not? Granddad. Yes. Oh, but. Uh, what she, does she call you Papa or what? She's calling me Papa. There yeah. you go. Okay. But she she
8: don't show i know when she shows up to office she wants something so last thursday ashley went and picked her up and i was sitting in my office and they're doing some paperwork she come in papa how are you doing
2: <laughs> how much money you got in your wallet <laughs> that's that's a dead giveaway for her.
8: i said what do you want well you know i'm i'm going to florida i mean alabama next week yeah spring break with uh her boyfriend's family and them and i took two dollars out and give to her um, you ever seen the look on her face?
2: <laughs> fell didn't it
8: she said what am i gonna do with that <laughs> i said well you can spend one dollar down there one dollar back
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that ain't going very good yeah yes. you were you just joking with her weren't you yeah yeah of course she you knew were. it was too so yeah
8: but it was fun why it was you know why i was doing it with her but yeah, it's all right and you took the two dollars back and
2: put a couple of zeros behind it um yeah <laughs> i thought so <laughs> how many
7: how many grandkids you got now joe i have five and i have three great grandkids do you really yes wow absolutely so you started early so, Dave, we're way what behind. Telling me? well yeah i started um uh, stephanie was born when i was 18 yeah He started early and she's got uh three boys and then uh other daughters got one so that's the four grandkids and then the oldest boy is stephanie's is the one that has the uh uh three grandkids mm. so. yeah well you got big yeah. you
2: got big
8: i'm proud i ain't them. got but one yeah and her mom and daddy spoiled her
2: well yeah
7: <laughs> <laughs> look at the you, you, you they're and all you, spoiled Son
2: had you for a daddy and you spoiled him
7: none of them grew up like we did you know that you I, got that right I, I won't tell you that old story about i used to walk 10 miles to school in the snow <laughs> backwards but i will tell you this up story the hill
2: and back home up <laughs> and the it hill. is
7: it is a true story uh back when i was going to junior high and high school they didn't have a school bus Oh, yeah. only you either walked or you could catch the city bus for a quarter thank you very much yeah. all right now, I missed the bus one morning and it was raining. And I went back to the house and told the old man, you know what he said? I looked at his watch. He said, Well, if you run, you can still make it on time.
8: <laughs> yep. because that was his it. answer. He wasn't yeah. getting out
7: to take me to school. Yeah.
8: I had a bicycle. I rode it. It didn't matter if it was cold, it. raining, sleeting. I rode it with ice on the ground. Yeah. And I had a few other accidents along the way, but I rode that baby
2: to school every day. Well, I could never, you know, be guaranteed I'd get a ride to school because my dad worked swing shifts. He worked at the mill, so he'd work a week day shift, week week mid mid shift mm-hmm. and a week uh, midnight. Whew. So he did that's how he he worked yeah. week to week. Well, he was already gone on day shift. Yeah. He was sleeping on afternoon, on afternoon shift. shift and he was sleeping if he'd worked midnight. And mm-hmm. you better not wake him. Yeah, you know my mom, she's not gonna wake up dad mm-hmm. you know say hey davy needs a ride to school now that's, we
7: know what that answer is yeah so he's got legs doesn't he yeah <laughs> Take we're, off, walking.
2: you know finally uh mom started driving me only during the winter time when we'd be like 30 yeah. below zero or whatever mm-hmm. and i was about three quarters of a mile away from school yeah we walked to school all, oh, the, yeah. Time. Yeah, all, of, was, all the time yeah we was we was
8: probably um to the elementary school we was probably four blocks from it now, to the junior high, I was probably eight blocks from it, but I come from a small town. Yeah. And my dad worked on all the teacher's cars, all the principal's cars, <laughs> worked on the cop cars, worked on all their cars. So anytime I messed up, everybody knew about, about it. About it. Well, I I tried to hide it one time. I got, I got my rear end busted for, I mowed off to the teacher. Now, I did it. I mean, yeah. you know. And I was going to keep it quiet from my dad because usually if I got a whooping at school, I got another and I got home. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. About three weeks later, he was working on her car.
7: Yeah, this she, conversation she just came, came up, up, didn't, didn't it?
8: it? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I got home. He said, you get in trouble a couple of weeks ago at school? Mm, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what do you – you took on the Bill Clinton defense. What do, what do you consider trouble? <laughs> yeah, what do you know about this? <laughs> That's it define trouble yes <laughs> so how do you spell that <laughs> yeah there
8: you go yeah I, I got more whoopings than i can i care to even mention but uh, you know i had nine brothers and sisters so we all got whoopings yeah i understand that
7: but i either walked to school and it's about a mile and a half two miles somewhere in that range junior high high school with further than that probably about four miles but when i was old enough got a motorcycle so i rode it rain sleep sleep yeah. snow no, didn't matter you got matter. on the road every beat, morning beat the heck out of walking yeah
2: and got d- there a lot quicker
7: didn't you and when i was er- the earliest age you possibly could i had my driver's license and i was working on a car before i was old enough to drive one bought it fixed it sold it sold a motorcycle pulled the money bought my first car and boy i was so proud of that it had a heater in it <laughs> you know <laughs> and wiper blades cool. yeah huh? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Uh, uh, Three
2: old codgers sitting here <laughs> talking today.
7: Sleep hurts really bad. Even, uh-huh. even rain hurts really bad on motorcycles. Oh, yeah. I promise you. Yeah, he said a uh, high
2: rate of speed. Oh, of yeah. yeah, I remember
8: I worked the whole summer for my dad and I saved enough money. And One of his buddies had a Sears 125 motorcycle, which is made by Kawasaki for Sears. Uh-huh. And I rode that baby every day to school. Never give up. And I busted my rear end a bunch of times on the ice. With you it. bet.
2: Is it. that the one that you were riding when you messed up your ankle?
8: No, that was one that I had bought. I had taught my mom and dad into buy. it. I worked at the Peak the Wicked Store, and I saved every dime I had to buy it, and I bought it <laughs> and drove it. I bought it. I owned it for six weeks. I couldn't drive it because I didn't have enough money to buy insurance. Okay. So it stayed parked in the yard. I finally got enough money saved up to buy insurance, and the second day crash it guy run a red light broadsided hmm. of me
2: so but you this, got the money to buy another motorcycle
8: uh i don't know where it went to <laughs> maybe and it I, fixed your ankle when i got home from the hospital after spending about three weeks in the hospital with it i asked my dad where it is and he his words was don't worry about it i took care of it yeah and he told me as long as i lived at his house no there more. would never be another one in his house mm-hmm. wow and i told my two boys the same way as long as you live at my house You'll, have ne- a motorcycle. you'll never have another one i gotta take you, Steve.
7: okay telephone well, we all went we all went through that 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 stage there you know motorcycle wrecks and all yeah, that but yeah. back when we were growing up you know uh that's all you could do as far as uh money wise because there wasn't a lot of money in the, the household uh-huh. You you uh-huh. took what you I'm got, got and movie. and just like me i my first car i owned it and fixed it it was uh-huh. broke when i bought it uh-huh. towed it home I had the record driver put it in a carport. Old man got home. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I bought this car and we'll fix it and sell it and make some money so I can buy me one that I want. He said, well, you got two days because it ain't sitting in my parking place no longer than that. He was serious,
2: too. Yeah, I'm sure he was. You know. All right. So. Anyway, enough about us and yep. about being a kid. Uh, about 18 minutes after four, you got a question for Joe or Duck? They're willing to take it on at eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five. And by the way, you're talking about riding, you know, mm-hmm. the bus city bus. I think that's what they should go back to. For instance, here in Little at Rock, least,
7: at least here in Little Rock, that have somebody on the city bus.
2: Yeah, that's that's key. It would help. The, it would help the city bus. Sure. And it would help the school so they wouldn't have to have some big motor pool to make it around to the schools.
7: I agree with you completely.
2: You know, they they still do that up in North Dakota. When yeah. I lived up there, the kids walked, or oh, a ride road. with their parents, rode their bikes, or took the city bus. They they got a special deal. Mm-hmm. They bought the ticket. It was good for a week or two weeks or four weeks, and you could even buy it for the semester.
7: Yeah, or you get on a bus, and, and I think, I remember it was like 20, 25 cents, something like that. And, and you know, you, it... It got you to school on time because at that time in the morning, that's what the buses were doing. They were picking up school yep. kids Had regular stops. You'd make it around in a block stand yeah. there. The bus come by, pick you up. And, and when it ran, ran its little route, it'd go up there and drop off. And then it'd go back and pick up the next one. And you knew what time you were going to supposed to be out there.
2: Yep. Well, uh, you know, what's your time. You're supposed to be out there for the school sure, bus now. Absolutely. Oh, so I just think that that's a, a great way. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand. It why takes more a lot of money to keep all the buses up. Well, see, little-known secret of a lot of the schools, that money that they got for, like, fuel and stuff, they don't use all that fuel, so they don't spend all that money, and they use that money in other areas in the school. Probably in like sports. Football field, cleats, yeah. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yep, that's exactly what happens. And, look, it's not Arkansas only. It's all kinds the of places United they States. do that. Yeah, it's, a it's the States way they know does. how to, how to you know, budget, scam the system. The way they do it. All right, break, and we're back, 823 0965 for your questions. Joe and Ducker here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Oh, 23 minutes after four on a Wednesday, pretty day out right now. It's six to, uh, 53 degrees. A little windy still. That's yep. supposed to start dying down tonight. Tomorrow, they're calling for uh, partly. Sunny skies and a high near 68. Then Friday, they're saying it's supposed to be partly sunny and a high near 74. And Saturday, you're going to see a a southwest wind about 10 miles per hour with a high near 80. Cool. Yeah, but then it's supposed to rain, though, ain't it? No, it's just a 30% chance. Oh, yeah, that ain't much. Yeah, 30% chance daytime, 10% at night. So. Better chances that you won't see rain than you will see rain. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got uh, another uh, wet-dry vac that goes along with the uh, five-gallon uh, bucket. And it comes with it. And, yeah, you get get a new bucket. You get, uh, get a you new bumper-to-bumper bumper bucket. Everything else that you need to make this work. So uh, fifth caller at 823-0965, 823-0965, uh, gets it. We'll give it to you and what we got uh, where is it coming from, uh, Duck? From Dickie's in in Duck's garage. Okay. There you go. So we'll give you we'll pass it on to Zach. Zach can give you the information and you'll be able to contact us. Now you can contact us at eight two three oh nine six five or you can be watching Facebook Live right now mm-hmm. and you can send uh say I'm watching, I'm a caller and uh, zach will look up on uh, there and see maybe if you're not the fifth caller there's all a picture right. of a day oh yeah that's the same one we've been same giving. one we've been given well 26 it's a yep. really nice little unit everybody who's won one has liked them
7: yeah they all got real clean carpets in their car too yeah
2: well <laughs> they carry it around with them i will does that have a, a, a thing that you can plug into like the lighter or whatever or whatever they call it now mm, usb yeah yeah usb port. Oh, no wait a minute, i'll tell you we're
7: researching that question okay
2: we're checking we're checking it out
8: yeah don't tell me so i don't i doubt
2: i think think this caller right now is the winner am i right is that the winner zach that you're talking about okay zach's got the winner so we filled we filled up our our people that are going to win so the winner is here we've got them we'll talk to them in a moment i'm sorry guys i don't mean to okay flip you out but my my allergies have
7: really kicked kicked in in. well it's getting it's getting everything getting green outside and everything's blooming and budding out
8: so as long as you keep it i'm fine with it yeah last year it like
7: to kill duck
2: yeah i know
8: hey i i went to the allergy doctor and she gave me some nose spray i spray every morning the only thing about it it gives you a bad taste in your mouth for about an hour but i don't care though because my head ain't stopped up and my sinuses ain't
2: messed up so yeah right over my right eye right now i feel like somebody's sticking a needle in it you know, just sudden mm-hmm. you know it feels like you know yeah. pressure you know yeah ain't nothing but sinuses so i'll talk taking i gotta stop by at the uh walmart pharmacy pick up my medicine mm-hmm. on the way home so but I since i got it, that
8: nose spray though took
2: i took care I of it huh? do two
8: sprays in the morning and two sprays at night have some kind of steroid in it or i something? don't what's in it but it's got a bad
2: taste are you lifting things and your muscles getting bigger? No. <laughs> it might be a steroid. All right, we've got uh, the winner on the on the line. So Monica, Monica's listening in. Hey, Monica, where are you?
9: I'm right here. I'm in North Little Rock.
2: Okay, great. Are, are you from North Little Rock?
9: Uh, well, I'm from Little Rock, but I live in North Little Rock.
2: Oh, okay. You're you, you just heading home from work?
9: Uh, just heading home from running errands.
2: Oh, okay.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Just, I listen to you guys all the time. So well, uh, we
7: appreciate that uh, question yeah. for you, Monica. What kind of car do you drive?
9: I actually drive a 2000 Chevy Silverado. Well, all cool. Right. You
7: Good like it?
9: Mm-hmm. Love it. 213,000
8: miles on it. Yeah. Almost broke in.
7: Yeah. It's just, just, just getting broke in. You'll go three fifty, four hundred thousand 400,000 if you take care of it
9: i'm um, working on it yeah i'm working on taking care of it now so. what's the worst it's place like I, I, I actually need a good uh body guy that'll put some trim on
7: okay well if you'll call me at the shop i got a couple guys i could recommend that do very good work on you know they're independent guys
2: yeah i got a couple okay. too yeah
7: just let us know we can steer you in the right direction
2: what's your,
9: what's I'll, your do, I'll do that
2: hold on now what's yeah. your what's your phone number
7: my phone number yeah. at the shop is 753-4685. Just give me a shout, and I'll, I'll steer you in the right direction. Or you can call okay. Duck at
8: uh, 778-2886 or uh, 607-1965, either one of them, and you'll get yeah.
7: me. And we, we'll get you somebody yeah. to take care of that yeah, body I got, work for you.
8: I got a guy that does it. You know, He, he used to paint airplanes out at uh, the jet place. Oh, cool yeah he's
9: great he's yeah, he a, put
7: wings on the side of your truck and, <laughs> and everything, make it look really cool <laughs> yeah, I could
8: do.
9: well Are i you, do have a flush i do have a flush mount toolbox that's painted the same the top of it's painted the same color as the truck that's good so yeah. yeah
8: do you know anything about benton uh
9: a little bit
8: you know where military road is
9: i do you're
8: gonna go down military road till you see uh it's on watson lane 408 watson lane seven two zero one five and go in there and tell dickie and i'll as soon as i get back to the shop i'll call him and tell him that you want it
9: okay and he has all it
8: set, right he has it sitting there in a the box the box and the then the, the bucket. bucket yes ma'am all right Can i have a box okay. sitting
7: there with your name on it yes ma'am
2: all right all Monica. right well thank you so thank much you, thanks for we appreciate you listening thank you, Monica. and uh you know good luck on using it have because a wonderful day great yeah absolutely all right so if you got a question for doc or for joe eight two three oh nine six five eight two three zero nine six five i'm going to be stopping by uh, joe's here tomorrow it's time for me to get an oil change and a rotation
7: we can do that big
2: thing that i got to do tomorrow it's something i'll do good haviland oil absolutely i will i've gone a little i've kind of pushed it this time i'm down at five percent i know i really don't wait wait that long and so i'm coming in tomorrow i changed mine the other day and it was down to three percent yeah i just I've been busy yeah. i've been really really busy me too all right fox news is next when we come back we got some people calling in we'll talk talk with them and get them some answers all right eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine six five you know what i like that the weather has kind of calmed down temperature wise it doesn't go from 20 degrees one day to 60 degrees the next day i haven't had to put air in my tires now for a couple of weeks that's good i was having to do that almost every
7: day well depending on whether you checked them in the morning or in the evenings
2: yep depending
7: on. on uh, and it's <laughs> going from the 30s to the 60s you know so yeah
2: but i'd be just driving swing. i'd be driving down get in the car leave in the morning mm-hmm. and my uh you know, check tire light would be on from one of the t- only one yeah. wasn't two, just one, and they were the same one. Yeah, It'd just always a, a like different a one, pound
7: or two low, something like yep. that.
2: Yeah, and and typically it was the rear wheels and not the front wheels. It's cause you're driving it too hard, Dave. <laughs> I don't drive hard, do
7: I, Joe? You're turning
8: them corners too fast,
7: <laughs> not aggressively, but <laughs> I would say that I've been known to go fast. You you will you're committed. <laughs> I like that. i'm
2: committed that, that's true i have slowed down i'm getting much better gas mileage because i backed off on the lead foot
7: yeah 68 mile an hour sweet spot most that's
2: cars it. that's exactly what it is yeah if i yeah. have it if it's at 68 mm. or 69 i get about on driving back and forth i'm going to get about anywhere between 18 and a half to 20
10: mm-hmm.
8: you know my truck if i keep it under 70 it'll get 22 21 to 22 now when i creep
2: over 70 miles an hour yeah it goes away 75 80 90 <laughs> you know you, i'll look at what i got for that last tank of gas and it would be around 16 and a half miles yeah, yeah.
7: really yeah. affects it that 68 mile an hour it's not the speed actually it's the engine rpm you can yeah. watch that rpm everything is, under two.
2: Of,
8: everything is out of a bind
7: with with the overdrive transmission the gear range in the rear differential front differential for all wheel drive and the engine rpm that's the spot where it's not lugging but it's not having to pull very hard yeah
8: it's just kind of in a, a real light load
7: that's it the lightest load you can get and maintain speed and that's what you want because that'll be the lowest rpm you'll have
8: so joe speak speaking of transmission we we're just talking about yeah i got an f it's in a bucket truck. guy called me the other day, and he said, hey, have you ever had a, tra- a transfer case explode on a truck? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, what happened to yours? He said, well, we've run down the interstate, and it exploded. I said, "If you got a front drive shaft? He said, no, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I said, well, the front drive shaft, what caused it? The yep. constant joint locked up in it, and when it did, it went to tearing things up. I've got one piece of the transfer case. <laughs> wow. One piece piece that bolts on the back of the transmission is the only thing i have
7: i, I you're talking about that you joint? i seen a toyota truck come in and it's got the cv joint on it and the the ball stud in the center was wore completely out on it yep and he drove it so long with it vibrating that it cracked the back half off the transfer case because of the vibration well that's that's you know, basically what, what happened to yours on the front shaft
8: and that's when i asked him i said they uh, knew it was vibrating yeah i, I said how long this thing been shaking he said oh six months a month two <laughs> i don't really now. know and i said well that's when we should have done something to it we could have could have fixed it then. the front drive shaft would have took care of the problem now i got to put a back back piece on the transmission and the and the front drive shaft is gone totally i don't have yeah. no pieces of it got to put a front yoke on the rear end because it broke it off when it come out tore the shifter up on the side of it the mm-hmm. transfer case got to have a transfer case i have no transfer case for warranty no you ain't got so no core it's it's $1,200 for a core. Yeah. So I had to get the back drive shaft made because it bent in all the pieces. Beat the fuel lines off of it. Oh, my goodness. Beat the brake lines going to the rear off of it. And all of the wiring going to the rear. That's wow. just what I know so far. And, and I I finally got enough parts today to start putting it back together.
2: Okay, so this guy wants you to put it back together?
8: Oh, yeah. I got everything. Putting, it's a 2010 truck. Yeah, he's going to have to fix that. Yeah, it's a twenty ten truck, so and it's going to
7: be. It's probably a work truck, and he don't drive it most likely. He is.
8: don't. hit you know, yeah. people and they and they was going out of town to go to work, and mm-hmm. you know, and but it, probably time it's all said and done, he's going to spend somewhere <laughs> in the sixty five hundred dollar range for a two hundred dollar driveline. I yep. got,
2: I got to think. If you were driving that truck when it happened, it put the fear of God into you well
8: i bet it scared him. that's for sure yeah, that's I, what i'm saying as soon as i get the hole patch in the floorboard i'll talk to him wow because the drive shaft tried to come up to the floorboard
2: oh my lord that would
8: scare right, the living right between his
7: had. feet yep i bet it did scare
8: him i ain't talked to the driver yet they just brought it to me on the record and
7: yeah, they're gonna have to have a um, a detail on that driver's seat <laughs> too
8: <laughs> so i had one of my other customers call me right before I, right before i got here dave and he sent me a picture. He said, "Hey, I'm gonna send you a picture. Can you tell me what this is?" I said, "Yeah, send it on up here to me." So he sent me a picture. Oh no! And uh, uh, let me get it pulled up here.
7: Come on, phone. It's not the phone. It's the thumbs.
8: Hey, I know. It's the operator.
7: <laughs> but this, they called him. Like they should have called him. Uh, that's something that's, different that's other than smartphones. That's know? laying
8: in the front wheel behind yep. the front wheel wow and i called him i said is it making any kind of noise and he said yes yeah, making a squeaking noise and smoking i, I said i said where are you at he said i'm on i just past rose you know where the overlook is on on 40 yeah And he was right before i said get off now get off and he said why i said the wheels fixing to come off that's yep. why <laughs> exactly and he pulled over and he got out and he said he said the wheel looks funny i said i know the wheel bearings out yeah so he walks around calls me back in about 10 minutes Calls me back and he said hey the other side got the same problem this laying there too
2: oh my
8: so i called
2: Hodges. he's like you know this guy's a lot lucky to be alive he's didn't kill somebody else yeah and, you
8: know and and i called his boss and i said hey brian don't don't let him leave with that truck so uh hodge's heavy duty's got it right now heading to the shop for wow. the record but you know it's just he said he heard a noise and he felt it pull real hard to the left and he said i you know slowed down and that's probably I was thinking that helped him, but he sent me them pictures, and I went to Holland. No, 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 no. Don't drive it no
7: more. You know, I had a customer of mine call me one time. He was talking about the wheel and he's in Memphis, and he said, I'm in a 2013 or 14 GMC truck, and he said, it's got a front wheel burn making a noise. He said, you think I could drive it to North Little Rock? I said, I don't think so. <laughs> but nope. he called me from four city he said will you send a tow truck to get me <laughs> <laughs> he said the wheel's about to fall off and and the problem with those bearings is that when they wear out they're out because they don't when they start making noise they're dry grease yep and and it's a quick turnaround from being dry grease and roaring to falling apart
8: yeah and that's what this those are the shields off of the yes, bearing to exactly dust
7: those, those are your seals right yeah, there those are the dust, dust out
8: shields out. off of them. And, mm-hmm. and you know when i seen that i, I pulled that picture up, look and i told him no 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 you
7: don't drive out no more and he said i he's trying to find
8: a place to get off tell him to hurry up and get off but because the twill would have come off because they don't have nothing holding that spindle in it that, that's it is that bearing you know and then you just kind
2: of at the mercy okay so if you you know, if you got a wheel bearing going out, you typically know it. You can hear it.
7: How you'll be amazed, Dave! How many folks come by and they'll say, "Hey, come drive my vehicle. It's not steering right, or it's got making a noise, or it's even not even running right, and it's got a check engine light on." I'll get in it, and I won't get a block from the shop. Say so turn around. And they'll say. Well, you're going back awful quick. What's wrong with that? I said, well, all I can tell you is that we're going back to the shop before the wheel <laughs> falls off because the wheel bearing is work. raising cane, and I don't want to be driving it. when. And, and I just asked him, I said, do you not hear that? Well, I usually have the radio on. I thought, well, you know.
8: Go got it awful loud yes but, but but it comes on a little at a time then when it gets bad then they don't pay it no attention
7: they they think that uh, gradually it has come on so that's yeah. just part of the normal road noise but it's not that's bearing coming apart in there and,
8: and then as soon as we get in it and take it like, off wow and you go down the road and you ease it to the right and if it shuts up okay i know what's wrong with it now let's go back to shop mm-hmm. ease it to the left and it shuts up okay let's go back to shop i know what's wrong with man you load Put two wheel bearings in it and pat them on the back send them on down the road
7: but uh, you you get that all the time from folks that just don't just don't know what the difference is, you know. And and we get them all the time too. Sometimes the roaring noise would be a cupped out tire, will not
8: it? Exactly. And speaking of the of the wheel bearings, like you mm-hmm. know, uh, like on that Dodge Freightliner's using that now on big, on front of big trucks.
7: Well, yeah, everybody's going to it. Yep. Yeah, because it's zero a, maintenance. Yeah, it's
8: when a it bearing goes out, you pull a wheel off, put a bearing in, it, put the wheel back on it, and move on that's it i mean you can do it quick huh uh, well on a big truck you don't do it quick but you can do it in a couple of hours you know without any trouble what
2: about a regular car
8: about an hour about an hour mm-hmm. that dodge that dodge would be a little bit more than that but you have a you
7: know, four wheel drive it it takes about an hour and a half because yeah. you got a front axle and everything to deal with but,
8: but still it though i mean it's I, I like them a whole lot better than i do wheel bearings i mean a whole well, lot
7: too. better whole bunch i mean
2: you don't have to grease them all right, so explain to me, there, evidently this has changed. I Back in the day, I had a K car. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you know, we're going back in the early 80s. A Dodge Omni. You know, <laughs> that you're driving. Yeah. And I knew that the the front, I'm losing the wheel bearing. I took it in to get it fixed. And at that time, they had to do what they call press the bearing in.
7: They had a spindle that the bearing pressed in, and then, then you
2: press the spin, the, the hub the part hub.
7: with uh, lug studs on it pressed inside that bearing. Now, there are some cars out there today that still do it that way, but I'm going to say 95% of them have bolt-on hub bearings now, where when you buy that wheel bearing, Comes you get with the all bearing, that on there. the hub, the studs for the wheel.
8: Speed sensor and everything. The speed
7: sensor made in it, and it's all on assembly.
8: And Joe. Yes how many different out there different on prices on
7: them oh they go you you can get a cheap bearing you can get an expensive bearing and the difference can be 80 dollars all the way up to 400 wow exactly yes 400 bucks oh yeah you get a if you get a, a one-ton truck gold? four-wheel drive ford or gm or even a dodge a good quality moog bearing cost you 500 dollars, wouldn't it duck every day yes
2: by the way speaking of moog you've seen the ads they were running on television now yeah i hadn't seen a moog in a long time but logo in, in years and now all of a sudden here they're back again they're flooding the market with them again that's interesting
7: that's, that's i tell you front end so, parts they make the best front end parts aftermarket market bar none yeah you can you know any of their joints if it is any way possible that joint will have a grease fitting in it so you can lubricate it from then on all you know, the oem stuff it don't even come with a grease fitting
8: No, and, and you're talking about the wheel bearings you know the difference in a in a 80 dollar wheel bearing versus a 400 hundred dollar wheel bearing is amazing when you look at them
7: it, it is the, the how how they're designed and built and how long it'll run again i guarantee you if you buy the moog top quality bearing it'll outlive the oem bearing two to one i huh. guarantee it. If, if you buy a set of those you probably won't buy them more as long as you drive that car
2: Well, you know, if if you were 16 to, uh, I don't know, 21 and messing with cars uh, in the late 60s, Moog was the name out there in racing and everything. And now, and then it was like, they just fell off the face of the earth and now they're back again. Somebody bought, buy them. Did they go out of business? And then somebody restarted it up.
8: No, they've been there all along. They've never moved. I mean, it's Moog's been here as long as I can remember.
7: As far as I can remember too. Uh, and i i've been doing this since 1974 so you know it's showing my age but they have always made as far as suspension products and ball joints and tire rod ends and sway bar links and whatever you can think of as far as the front or rear suspension goes it's got a bushing in it and most of theirs if you'll look the re- oems were made with rubber and theirs are neoprene yeah neoprene they've always upgraded it to the absolute best it could be
8: but huh. but now there again, Dave. They're a little bit more expensive than everybody else, too. Yes,
7: they are.
2: Yeah, well, maybe that's the reason they're doing these ads because the ads are dealing with that. The guy walks in, needs a part. And he says, mm-hmm. I "Need a moog part." And the guy says, "Well, here, use this." He goes. Uh, he says, "It's cheaper." As he says, mm-hmm. "It doesn't cost much." He goes, "No, no, no, I want a moog part." No, well, look, he says, "No, I want it to to be the best. I want a moog part." And the guy says, "That's it." Right. And, and it is different in them. I you know.
8: I argue with it all day long. A Moog part is better than, than the El Cheapo parts.
7: Absolutely. And, and you know, you, when when I do wheel bearings, the guy says, ah, you know, I need a price on that. And I'll say, all right, you want a good quality bearing or you want cheapest one money can buy? We got both of them. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a two-year warranty on it regardless what you get. But if you don't ever want to buy another wheel bearing for that truck,
10: yep.
8: you, you buy this
7: one right here.
10: Yeah.
7: <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to do it again but the cheap one will run two years i promise you oh yeah but it's it's just a matter of how often you care about working on it or having it worked (laughs) on
2: (laughs) how often do you want to be a joe's or duck you know we can we can
7: do it every three years it's fine with me yeah don't bother me none but
8: you know but i'm like joe i try to explain to him. here's this price if you can afford this one you better off put this one in. i understand if you can't afford this one we'll put that one on there i have no problem with putting it on there but i i give them the benefit so we all know where we stand you know yeah,
7: i put some injectors had two injectors bad on a jeep talked called a customer and i said the labor on it's the same to put one in or six i said you need two you're going to have four left over because of is, four
8: uh, bad ones yeah
7: and and i said they're they don't show leaking right now but they're all the same age as the other two so if you come back well how much the injector is 122 a piece so it cost me 366 dollars to do three more other than that. And I said, yeah, but actually you need four more. So I told him the total and, and I said, now, if you come back six months and we have to do another one, it's another $270 labor plus that.
2: Yeah. Plus the, part. but
7: right now you're paying labor one time. So the guy did opt to do six and he made the right call in my opinion.
2: That is, I mean, same thing when we do coils, so it's the same thing. Now, yeah.
7: If, if, if you got one, that's three in the back, I recommend to put those three in it. And then if you don't want to just tight with the money, Leave the old ones on the front, but they're easy because they're easy to get off. That's it. All right,
2: got to get a break in. Last break. You got a question? Eight two three zero nine six five. All right, back with you here <laughs> on the Dave Ellswick Show. Final segment. We got about three or four minutes. If you got a question, eight two three zero nine six five. Call now or wait until uh, next week. Question for you guys. Uh, let's bring everybody up to date for what's coming down in june out in conway
7: car show time every year we do this it's a bumper to bumper car show sponsored by the bumper to bumper certified service centers all of the money the proceeds go to the ronald mcdonald house right duck you got it uh be, be june 2nd saturday same deal as last year registration online if you wait till the day that's fine we start registering, you open the doors at uh, 7, cut off registration at 10, 10 and then uh, we just do our car show thing and uh, hope everybody shows up. We had a lot of folks there last year, even when it rained, didn't we, guys? Sure It, it did.
2: didn't just rain. It it Let's be honest. It, <laughs> yes. It, it was a biblical day. Yes. It, it poured. poured like in the days of Noah, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Yes, it poured down. I
8: mean, it come like flood. I mean, I, but, I had a hard time. <laughs> driving over there from well, from cabin you know and by the time we got through the car show the sun popped out
2: yeah it did it was it turned out, day, it, the, rest it day. Turned out
8: uh, the rest of the day was a nice afternoon but uh we will be there and uh all of us joe me, uh dave will be there doing his show there on Saturday morning from 8 in the morning to nine to 10 right and we just asked all y'all come down and visit with us we'll yeah. all be there and have a wonderful time We
2: got some great looking cars i think the other day we were talking about it and I hope that those people that had that six, the rat Rod, that, no, 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 the, oh. that '60s vet are back again. Yeah, that yeah. was a pretty caller. That was that was awesome. All right, we got a, we do have a caller. It never Good. fails. Let's go to North Little Rock. Ron's with us. Ron, we're down to two minutes.
11: What's your question? Hey, well, it's, it's, I was just happen to be working outside. I don't even know who your guest is. First time that I heard you there. Uh huh. But I'm uh, about to sell another house somewhere in in northern Louisiana. I've got a 72 Cutlass Supreme convertible, 78,000 miles on it that I bought brand new, but I've let it sit, and uh, I'm wanting to put it back in showroom shape, so we're going to go with the mechanics and stuff of it first and then get the pretties done on it.
10: Yep, yep.
11: And uh, uh sounds like your guest knows what he's talking about as far as vehicles. Yeah. And uh, would like to get uh, – how would I get in contact so that down the line here pretty soon I could uh, probably get together with him and see what uh, – what we might
7: be able to do yeah if you're in north little rock i'm over off crystal hill road this is joe at joe's garage and uh, if you'll come by the shop uh we'll talk over what you want to do and how you want to do it we do this pretty regular on a lot of old ve- older vehicles so it's not anything new to us uh my phone number is 753-4685 and uh just give me a shout uh not right now because of course i'm not there but right you know, if you'll call me tomorrow i'll be happy to to okay. Answer and all your who questions do I ask for? for? You. Joe. Just Joe. Okay. That would be me. Yes, sir.
11: All right. You know, sometimes uh Joe's garage isn't Joe, so that's why. I <laughs> ask. Oh, it,
7: there's there's two Joes at my shop. Okay. I got that covered. <laughs>
11: sounds
2: good i'll be giving you a call thank, All right, ron. thank All you right, ron thank you very much and uh that's a carburetor car isn't it oh yeah oh yeah 78 miles that'd be 70. a fun one to work with oh yeah it could
8: have a 307 in it, it could, you can take some uh, we'll of your what it's got in it
2: take some of your technicians over there and show them a carburetor they've never seen before
7: there is uh <laughs> four of us at the shop that are old enough that we worked on carbureted engines they, they can overhaul them the other four have never even hardly driven one. I still have to go out there, and, and you know my drive out. I've got him trained now. That's carbureted. It will not start unless you pump the gas at have <laughs> had that
2: accelerator a couple of times. You
7: got to do that on a cold morning to get the choke set.
2: Uh, so, never, I'll never forget when they first came out without a carbureted engine, and oh, it, and I'd I'd still pump it. Yeah, it's so,
8: you know, natural. Everybody still today yeah. they still pump them. Yeah, you, know, you can tell somebody that's older; they'll get in. Well you done. <laughs> there
7: there's been times when fuel injected engine have been towed into me because they wouldn't start because they're holding on the floor and it won't let it start if it's floorboard.
2: Nope. All right. Guys, appreciate you coming in. Thank you, Dave. If you so, got anybody
8: uh, out there needing a job doing truck mechanic work, come on down and see me.
2: All right. That's a good thing. You make good money at Ducks Garage. All right, we'll take a break. Coming back, Jerry Cox joins me on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And good to have you along for the ride. Is that too loud for you? A little you? bit. A little bit. Reach right under the edge of the table, and there's a silver dial, and you can sit it where you want. You weren't a big rock and roll fan, were you, in your youth?
6: Hey, I've still got my hearing. Yeah, that's why I'm, <laughs> that's why
2: I'm saying it. Usually people who are big-time metal fans and stuff, we've we got to keep turning
6: it up. Well, hey, you know, sometimes things work out. All right,
2: so... <laughs> Last, uh, Tuesday, when we were doing the show, we started talking a little bit about the special session. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about the special session, but the one thing that all of us were a little bit, uh, caught off by was this bill that came up that had to be taken care of right now about a jury trial. And and when I read, read the piece, I was like, why does that have to happen during a special session?
6: And, Dave, that's exactly what a number of people on the legislative committee that heard the bill, that rejected it, asked. They said, why is this so urgent? And so when we looked at the bill, we opposed it, along with a majority of the people on the House Judiciary Committee, both Democrats and Republicans. It was really a bipartisan deal. But here's what that bill would have done. It would have applied... First of all, to all contracts. So anytime that you click accept on online when you're buying or renting something or signing up, that in a sense is a little contract, but it's binding. It can be binding. When you buy a house, buy a car, rent an apartment, um, you know, all kinds of things. Well, here's what it would do. In the fine print, it would have given the Entity that's issuing the contract the ability to include wording where you would waive your right to a jury trial if you get mistreated some way because of this contract. And what's more, it said that failure to read, failure to know, failure to understand that you had waived it was not an affirmative defense. So, in other words, you and I could waive our right to a jury trial if we're injured by something. Let's say a guy sells you a set of tires. He said, Dave, got a contract here. Mm-hmm. I want you to sign this. And you just say, okay, and you sign it. It's got all this fine print on there. It could be in there that if these tires fail, then you waive your right to sue and have a jury trial. You, would, you could waive that. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this coming to? That, that that the Seventh Amendment is a basic right, and they're, they're making it where you could waive it and not even know it.
2: Well, that's because when it comes to rights, there's a whole lot of people who want you to
6: have rights anymore. Well, that's true. And see, here's a, one of the committee members looked at me with a really puzzled look on her face, and she said, Mr. Cox, why are you even here testifying? Uh, against this bill and i said well how many old people do you think even know that this bill is being discussed because do you know how much advance notice everybody had that this bill was going to going to happen we had 1 hour from the time one the hour. Bi- 1 hour from the time the bill was filed and assigned a number until it was debated in the committee, it was right at one hour. It might have been an hour and a half. Just wow. To, but less than two hours. And I'm gonna say closer to an hour. And so to me, that smacks of slipping the bill through. Yeah. I don't think anybody would argue that. And, and I, I sat there and I looked at every committee member, looked them straight in the eye, and I said, How many elderly people do you think know that you're you're running this bill today? And I said, you know, an old person can sign themselves into a nursing home. They could go down and check in. And what's going to happen, I'm afraid, is those nursing home owners are going to put a big stack of papers in front of that old person, and they're going to say, just sign here to be admitted. And they sign all those papers, and guess what? Buried in that language, they just waived their right to a jury trial. If that nursing home abuses that old person, Neglects that old person, hurts that old person, they can't sue, nor could, get this, nor could any third party. That means their kids couldn't sue either. What you would have to do is go to a panel uh, that would be binding arbitration and pl- try to plead your case there. I'm sorry, I would rather go before a group of my fellow neighbors and citizens in my community and let them hear the facts and decide if I'd been hurt, damaged, or if somebody needed to pay rather than some panel that may be appointed by a bunch of politicians.
2: Uh huh. And by politicians that gets money from, for instance, the, uh, you know, retirement homes.
6: You got it. And so Dave, this thing, it, it, it was just so egregious. I mean, it, it, it made me angry. And I looked at the committee members and I said, these old people don't know you're doing this. So somebody needs to speak for the ones who can't speak for themselves. Somebody needs to stand up for the ones that who can't stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's why I'm here is I'm here for them. And, you know, those people went right ahead. Some of them I watched. And they voted for that bill anyway, in spite of all that, I looked at them and I said, I don't see how you with a clear conscience can vote for such a bill,
2: especially if you haven't had time to even go through it.
6: Right. It had been filed for one hour and the, the, really a lot of the people on the committee to their credit felt differently. And they said, you know, this is too fast, too much, too broad no we're not going to vote for this and so there was a voice vote and the chair ruled that the no's had it which meant the bill failed Uh uh-huh and as soon as that bill failed then people began to see the light and they said maybe we should amend this bill and they began to dial it back but i believe they thought that they could file that bill and about an hour later have it in the committee and just rush it through and before anybody realized what was happening it would be a done deal
2: yeah get the get the whole grocery bag full of groceries
6: yeah, yeah. and so uh, there there's so much more running underneath with this bill with it being the third part of an effort that the nursing home industry launched in 2003. Now you've been, actually
2: this has been going on. You've been involved in this. Why don't you give my listeners all the background here?
6: Well, let me tell you, I've been going out to the Capitol in lobbying almost 30 years. And so old guys like you and I have seen quite a bit. Oh yeah. And we didn't just fall off the turnip truck yesterday. And, and you can kind of sense when people are trying to pull the wool over your eyes, Back in 2003, the nursing home industry launched their own specific tort reform measure to try to shield themselves from lawsuits because an old person gets abused or neglected and then somebody comes and they sue and the nursing home has to pay money and they didn't want to do that. Now, in 2003, they had three components to it. Number one, they said, you know, we want to cap non-economic damages at $250,000. Well, an old person has no economic value. They don't have a job, they don't have a career, they don't have dependents usually. So they have no economic value. So really all that's left is non-economic and they said, uh eh, these old people really aren't worth anything. So we if we let them die or hurt them to the point of you know serious injury, we don't want to have to pay much. So we'll cap that at 250 or or less. That's the first thing. Then they said, you know, we don't like this idea of our past records of abuse in the nursing home being admissible evidence in a case. So the fact that we have abused and hurt 10 other people before this case here, we shouldn't talk about that. We should just talk about that one case and not our pattern of abuse. hmm so, we want to have the ability to get the legislature to exclude that from the, the 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 case as evidence. Those two elements are in issue one that they successfully got referred to the ballot, which will be on in november in November and so, when I saw this bill that had this um ability for people to waive their right to a jury trial, I said, there it is. There's the third side of the triangle, the third leg of that 2003 measure. And see, they've had to wait this long, Dave, to be able to do this because Mike Huckabee wouldn't stand for it. He he said, I'm not for caps on non-economic damages because guess what? Mike Huckabee was a minister before he was a political person and he had walked the halls of nursing homes and knew that they needed an accountability Mm -hmm. system. So Mike wouldn't agree with it. And evidently Mike Beebe must not have agreed with it either because a lot of Democrats are not, um, not excited about tort reform as such. And so only recently has the door been open, I believe for them to come rushing in and here they are. And, I think it's it's a disservice to the people of our state to to put out this irresponsible tort reform when they could be offering responsible tort reform. In fact, Dave, we as an organization at Family Council have always supported responsible tort reform. We did it in two thousand three and we've done it ever since. But when I see people out here trying to hurt the least of these and make it so the powerful can crush the small and use the legal system to do it then i have to stand up and say as a christian who believes in justice this is an injustice to the little man
2: well yeah how would you want to change issue one i mean what what could they do to make it more
6: palatable do you believe for the side that's standing against it If they had done one or two things, probably just one, we probably would not even be speaking out against issue one because it would be tolerable, and it's this one thing. In many states that have tort reform, they allow the cap on non-economic damages to be, to use a common word, busted or broken. Uh, in cases of really serious abuse or death okay you see what i'm getting at yeah so somebody spills hot chocolate on themselves or whatever they do and they get a burn Uh, i don't see a need for a a million dollar dollar judgment against some restaurant i think we all see that we've we've all you know seen those cases and so capping that It's probably not going to be an injustice to anybody, but let me tell you over in Mena, Arkansas, many years ago, that nursing home literally allowed an old woman to starve to death and they could hear her crying out for help and nobody came to her aid day after day after day. She had huge sores on and on and a jury heard the case and they said, you know what, this is so awful. You people ought to be taken out and horsewhipped, but we can't do that. So we're going to hit you with this multi million dollar judgment. And they did. And most people who are familiar with that case say, Amen. They should have been hit hard. Right, right. And Dave, if it was you and your family or me and my family, and Firestone knowingly made shoddy tires, just
2: defective tires, just just to save
6: money. And it was your wife or your children who died. And Firestone just kind of thumbed their nose and said, you know what? It's just part of the cost of doing business. Uh-huh. Ellswick family, here, here's half a million dollars, Dave. We'll, we'll pay to bury your wife and your kids. We'll buy you a new minivan, <laughs> and we'll give you half a million dollars. Now go on and get over it. Yeah. And we'll keep making shoddy tires, and we'll do the next guy the same way there needs to be enough of a heavy stick there that they're afraid to make those shoddy tires and they'll spend the extra money and they'll treat people right. And without that, then there's not the sufficient accountability. Now
2: just remind you when that happened, you know, this big fight between Ford and tire makers about who was at fault because they did have a big enough stick.
6: Yeah, it was going to hurt whoever it was unleashed on absolutely you and i are old enough to remember the ford pinto oh yeah
2: <laughs> flaming coffin
6: did you ever ride in a pinto back in the day i, I did. did i did actually i had to ride in the back seat of a pinto you know there's not much room back no, there's, there i'm no, almost there's... six i'm almost six three and i just didn't fit very well but the ford motor company knew those gas tanks were bad mm-hmm. and they just kept on making those cars guess what until somebody sued the britches off of them and said you will stop this and they said you know what we can't afford to be sued anymore i guess we'll fix these gas tanks but if those damages had been capped the way issue one wants to cap them then i think ford could have just danced on down the highway making those sorry cars and yeah sure a few people get burned to death but it's just part of doing business
2: what was the other car that happened back in the not uh service fee well it was. let me
6: tell you uh you may not be thinking of this one but i used to drive an old 1974 chevy pickup it had one of those side tanks that would right, explode right and um you know they had to quit making those guess what because there were lawsuits that, that put a stop to it and so we're not against responsible tort reform but there's a way to do tort reform where you don't crush the little man and you still protect business from frivolous lawsuits. It can be done. Yeah, It's just that issue one doesn't do that. All right. We're going to come back,
2: talk more with Jerry here in a moment. I got some things to bring up to him as well. I always value his opinion. He's, he's he and I see eye to eye on most things. There are a couple of things we haven't, but we, we typically see eye to eye on things. I just want to bring some things up because I think when you go to the to the polls to vote, you gotta put this kind of stuff I'm gonna talk about. Uh you better be thinking about it when you pull the lever. All right, it's twenty five minutes after five o'clock here on a Wednesday. We got more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back. Uh, we got Fox News coming up here in a little over a minute. When I come back with Jerry, I, I've got a story. Uh, that is uh, from uh, ugov.com. All right, and I I forget which magazine it is, but uh, they ran a, a story here, and it, it's a, a more of a liberal uh, magazine, and they did a poll, and it proves something that I've said on my show for years: when you go to the polls majority of the time you should pull R if you're a person who believes in, in morals and person who's a conservative you should pay R I know there's a lot of people who don't think that there's any difference between either party but in just a moment I'm going to prove to you that there is and you go well I like that guy even though he's got a D he sounds like he'd do a good job not when he'll go to Washington and push the Pelosi uh, agenda or the Schumer agenda. And I'm going to talk about that when we come back. I'm going to give a quiz to Jerry. <laughs> and we give Jerry a quiz and uh, let him guess some numbers here as we do. And then talk with me about how you can feel it's wrong to hunt. But when you talk about abortion, it gets very interesting. You got going to talk about it. You, you this is really... Sounds I good. Op- it's eye opening. It really is. All right. So let's go to Fox. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll get into this. I wish I had this so I could put it up on Facebook live and you could see it. You're just going to have to go with me. All right. So I know a lot of people listen to the show and a lot of people make this statement to me, Jerry, it doesn't matter if you vote for a Republican or a Democrat. It's like they're both the same party. Not true. I agree. Not true. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I've always said primaries are where you ferret out who you
6: want to run. All right. But you always, you always support the Republican. Well, what you have to do is, if nothing else, you look at the party platforms that gives you some guidance. And then, of course, not all Republicans are the same, nor are all Democrats. And so then you have to start sorting through all of that. And, uh, you know, all of us probably have certain kind of uh, central issues that we say, you know what? I may differ with him on some of these, but this right here—that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, and and for me, it's the pro-life yep. uh, vote on it. That's a deal breaker for me. If you tell me you're for killing babies and all that stuff, that I'm s- then, sorry, then sorry. who are you against killing? Sorry, it's not gonna, <laughs> not gonna, yeah, not not gonna get my vote. I'm not hiring you. To be my representative. There you go. They say, I want to work for you, Jerry, and be be a representative. Okay, well, tell me. Let, let me interview you. No, can't hire you if you're going to be for abortion. Can't do it. Right. And maybe and there's other things. Too. Yeah. Second Amendment, a lot of things out there. Doctor-assisted suicide. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to get oh, into that in just All a kinds of things.
2: All right, so I just want to go through this with, with Jerry. I know where he stands on all these issues that I'm going to talk about. But I want you to hear the difference between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. Okay. Because I want everybody to remember we're talking about the differences between the two parties and who you should you should support. Because when you support somebody who's run, for instance, a national office, when you support that person and they're a Democrat, you're supporting, if they're going in the House, Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. if they're going into the Senate.
6: Chuck Schumer, right? Now. Yeah, because once you get to DC, you're going to toe the line, or you're not going to be back. Probably, yeah. You know, I agree. You, you have to you have to get in line, and that's true with both parties. And sometimes we like that, and sometimes we don't. So we've got morally acceptable
2: or morally wrong of asked of people from the parties. All right, okay. If they say you're a Republican, okay. you're a Republican, killing animals for fur, is that morally acceptable or morally wrong? Where do you think Republicans fall? Is it acceptable or not acceptable?
6: Well, knowing how left-leaning our society has become, I know how I would answer. I think these are animals and God gave them to us for whatever purpose we need them for. So you would say
2: morally acceptable. I would. I would. All right. So in the Republicans, when they asked Republicans this question, uh, 34% said it was morally acceptable to kill animals for fur. And 66% of Republicans said it was
6: morally wrong. Morally wrong. And yet they'll go to McDonald's and eat a cow, Mm -hmm. but you can't kill the animal and use its fur yeah or is that it
2: yeah that's exactly right democrats okay 16 percent uh said it was morally acceptable to kill an animal just for its fur 84 percent said it was morally wrong
6: whoa all right now let's move over so
2: hunting animals so nearly
6: so Better than eight out of 10 Democrats they surveyed said it's morally wrong to to kill an animal for fur. Okay. I got you. I got you. Just
2: to go out and hunt for sport, like deer hunting or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Republicans. Now I want everybody to understand you're living in Arkansas. Now these numbers would not be indicative of just Arkansas. Right. But you start getting up North and some places like that, their thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm just telling you. (laughs) All right. Hunting animals for sport. Republicans. 42% said it's morally acceptable. Less than 50%. Right. 58% said it is wrong. To go deer hunting. That's correct. To hunt for sport. Whoa. Democrats. 18% said it was morally acceptable. 82%. Said that
6: it was morally unacceptable. So all these people that go out deer hunting in Arkansas, according to the Democrats, eighty eighty something percent say yeah. it's you, you, you're doing a morally unacceptable thing. When that's you go, correct. When you go
2: out and go deer hunt Absolutely, that's what you're doing. Oh my! So we we look at some other area. How about abortion? All right. I think I know where we're headed. All right. <laughs> Republicans. <laughs> Say that abortion, twenty-one percent say m- is morally acceptable. Seventy-nine percent say it is morally wrong. Okay, uh, those are good numbers. Yeah, yeah. All right. Democrats, remember, eighty-two percent, right? Or I think maybe 84%, eighty-four percent. Eighty-four. I, I believe 84%, you said eighty-four. Right. Mm-hmm. Thought it was wrong to kill an animal. Mm-hmm. for sport. Democrats, abortion. 62% morally acceptable,
6: 38% morally wrong. So we're contrasting 38% versus 84%.
2: All right. Not, not all right to kill an animal. All right to kill an unborn human
6: being. Wow. But Dave, <laughs> when you lose the plumb line of what's right and wrong, then you just wander in this maze and whatever somebody said, yeah, that sounds pretty good, pro-choice, all that, and that's that ought to frighten all of us that our society is losing its, has lost its moral anchors mm-hmm. that way, where we would be more concerned about the squirrels and the deer than we would about unborn persons. That's That's frightening.
2: Let me try to put a, I I agree with you, all right? Let me try to do a commercial with a Christian contemporary singer singing a sad song, showing babies being mistreated, abortion clinics, throwing pieces of fetuses out, baby, unborn babies out into the trash, don't even bury them just throw them in the trash and see how many TV stations will run that ad mm-hmm. versus will run the humane society's ad showing them the, the, the sad eyed dog looking out of the cage.
6: And we've all seen those ads, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen them. People react more to that mm-hmm. than they do mm-hmm. to abortion. Yep. And the scary thing for people that are of your age and mine and everybody is the fact that if you have that disregard for human life in the beginning, then the logical end is you end up with a disregard for human life at the end at any, at any stage and in the middle, if the people aren't viewed as being valuable to society, if, if you're a burden in any way, and nobody wants you then well why are you here
2: what happened in pennsylvania here just last week with that judge that said it's all right to kill uh down syndrome children
6: it's 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 unthinkable it is unthinkable I mean, we we condemn the nazis yeah for yeah. the exact same thing
2: mm-hmm. that we are ourselves now doing in our country
6: Well, and I'm afraid our hospitals are going to be so concerned about the bottom line dollar. It's like, hey, we got this Ellswick guy over here. Uh, He's not going to make it. And it's going to cost us this much money if we keep him in here and treat him. And so let's just get rid of him now. And I know people say, oh, that would never happen. But I promise you there are people in the healthcare system right now who look at it the lens of economics rather than humanity mm-hmm. oh absolutely and uh, i know that they're out there and you you do too and all that has to happen is for that that worldview to become the dominant worldview and then we've gone down that very slope of where the germans and other people have been that we condemn and we, we're we're right we'll be right there i'm afraid
2: doctor assisted suicide
6: Well, Dave, I'm afraid that there's going to be a court decision out there soon where somebody says, doc, I want you to help me kill myself. And the doctor says, I took an oath. I'm not going to do that. And he says, then I'm going to sue you because my right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness includes my right to die. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with some Roe v. Wade type end of life decision that puts everything into a tailspin. And um, I, I I think unless we hold to our moral anchors and understand that every life is God-given and you don't have the right to take your own life even, uh, that God gave it to you and you have no right to end it until he says it's time. And you'll know because that'll be the end of your physical life. But all of this intervening and making people die is not moral. It's immoral.
2: All right. so. How do Republicans and Democrats break out on this? Republicans, doctor-assisted suicide, 59% say it's morally
6: wrong. Okay.
2: 41% say it's morally acceptable. Wow. So that's really close. Mm -hmm. It is. It's not that big of a deal there. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, with Democrats, it's not far away from that. Uh forty four percent of the Democrats, that's three per, that's uh, a lot less under the uh, the Republicans by right. about what, fifteen percent. Forty-four percent say it is morally wrong. Fifty-six percent say it's morally acceptable. But when I look at this, it's it's kind of it's just kind of, of a mirror. Mm-hmm. You flipped it right. how, how these right. these groups but I was stunned that 41% thought of Republicans thought it was morally acceptable
6: based on what I wonder, Dave, you know, if, if those people were all in an auditorium in front of me, you know, I'd like to just walk out on stage and say, what led you to that belief? Yeah. Yeah. How, How did you come to believe that, that it's okay to prematurely end a person's life and I think you'd probably find some interesting answers, but um, I, I, I'm concerned that unless we have clear voices from our pulpits in our churches and from the healthcare community, uh, I'm concerned that people are going to continue to slide in that direction.
2: Well, there be can you know what's happening is we're seeing the world. Come into the church instead of the church church being outside of the world. Right. You know, that's what we're seeing. Okay. Acceptance of sexuality. What about that? Regardless of whether they should be legal or not, which of the following things do you personally consider to be morally acceptable or morally wrong? Premarital sex. Republicans. 59% say it is morally wrong. 41% say it's morally acceptable. Okay. Democrats, 27% say it is morally wrong. 73% say it is morally acceptable. Big, big, big difference difference, there. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. Gay slash lesbian sex. Republicans, 32% say that it is morally acceptable. Okay. 68% 68% say it's morally wrong. Now, remember, mm-hmm. they're not saying that legal or illegal. Yeah, they're just saying, personally, it, it, yeah, how do you feel yeah, about it? Right. Democrats, 29% say that it is morally wrong. 71% it is morally
6: acceptable. Wow. Again, based on what? Because... You know, at least with many of the people I know, Dave, they base their morality on their religious faith, and I realize that not everybody agrees on that, but what happens to our society if we lose that moral base of any kind? What does a godless society look like? Well, we're beginning to see, aren't we? I believe we are, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have clamored for this godless society, get you know, get religion out of all these arenas, schools, for example, and elsewhere. And I look at what's happening, and, I, and people are saying, well, what's happened to our society? And I want to say, well, you took God out of it. People have no basis for what they believe anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. So what did you expect? Did you expect people to just be good on their own? And uh, down through history, it se- certainly hasn't worked that way.
2: No, it <laughs> hasn't. Absolutely not. i got to get a break in. Uh, I've had somebody ask me some questions for you about All right. about uh, the deal dealing with tort reform. They needed some information. Sure. Uh, and they hope that you can uh, supply it. By the way, that YouGov poll was uh, done by The Economist magazine, which is not the most conservative magazine in America. So uh I I find this I just found this really, really interesting the show. And it makes a difference which party you vote for. It does. All it right. does. Take a break. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. Uh Jerry Cox is here, of course, uh family research and these folks fight the battle day in and day out and if somebody wants to to kick some money your way
6: how do they do it jerry just go to our website org, and there's a donation button on there it's tax deductible org. Yeah.
2: i mean if you want somebody that you know is is going to fight the good fight these are the folks to support because they've been fighting the good fight for a long time almost 30 years
6: now it's amazing yeah i think so too Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, huh?
2: you guys, you guys exist because of the grace of God. There's well, no we doubt do. about it.
6: And, and through the graciousness of people around the state that help us financially in other ways, uh, you know, we're not funded by some agency out here. It's a lot of little people giving us support and we appreciate it.
2: All right. So, uh, this person sent us a, uh, a, uh, text and said, what was the number
6: of the bill about? the giving up your right to, to, you know, the bill that did not pass that, that was the bad bill was house bill one zero zero six, one zero zero six. Now the bill that passed, uh, was Senate bill five SB five. And it was scaled back to just apply to lending institutions and loans. And so, while not ideal, maybe in some ways, um, it did not cover all contracts. It would cover lending institutions, and so most of the, us that were opposing it stepped back out of the way. And I, it would take another thirty minutes to explain why, but uh, it, that's how it ended up. So, House Bill One Zero Zero Six by Representative Bob Ballinger was the bill that we opposed all right so was that by voice vote vote or roll call that was a voice vote in the house judiciary committee but i sat right on the front row and looked straight into the faces of some of the people that voted for it and i was very disappointed at some of the ones that voted for it okay and then finally who were the sponsors bob ballinger and who bob else? ballinger sponsored uh the house bill one zero zero six. Yes, and Senate Bill five was sponsored by Jeremy Senator Jeremy Hutchinson. Okay, he was the sponsor of it. But you know, he, the, both both sponsors were working together on both bills because they were identical in their original form. They were. It, it's called double filing. You file a Senate bill and a House bill, and they're exactly the same.
2: Yeah, so they can go the the other chamber afterwards and get yeah. But what they ended way.
6: up doing is they amended the Senate bill and it's the one that actually went through.
2: All right. Well, I, I called and last night I left you a message and here you are today. And I want to thank you because typically I try to give a week's notice that I want you to have you on
6: a great show today. Well, I've enjoyed it. an hour. I've enjoyed it. And, um, I just appreciate the opportunity to get truth out there, let people make up their minds and, um, Hey, that's what, what free speech is all about. All right, tomorrow, Thursday,
2: JR. will be here in the first hour. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll have some other folks join us as well. And we're trying to set up for a French Hill to come by and visit us next week. That's all coming up here in the future on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you again tomorrow at 2 o'clock.